Welcome to Share the Load, brought to you by Health and Gear. The Share the Load podcast will bring you stories from Australian truck drivers and the industry as we discuss challenges faced by drivers and ways to feel healthier and happier on the road and at home. I'm Frank Arcego, your host. I've been working in suicide prevention in male-dominated industries for the past 11 years. I'm a massive sports fan. I love the Giants in the AFL, follow the Raiders in the Rugby League, And in the NBL, I'm a big New Zealand Breakers fan. So don't hold that against me. I hope we can still have a chat. Today, I'll be speaking to Jerome Carslake. Jerome is the Director of the National Road Safety Partnership Program at the Monash University Accident Research Centre. He comes from a country background, having grown up in regional Western Australia, and has even had a stint as a truck driver back in his day. Jerome and I will be chatting about issues and challenges raised through studies and research on the transport industry. But before we begin, I want to mention that some of the topics covered in this podcast discuss mental health. For more information, visit the episode show notes. Otherwise, make sure you subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. For support and resources to stay well on the road, check out www.healthingear.com.au or give us a call on 1800 in gear. Now for today's interview. Welcome to the podcast, Jerome. How are you today? We're very well, thanks, mate. Yourself? Uh, I'm good, and thank you for joining us. What's going on at the moment for you? What are you up to? Oh, well, I'm actually just sitting down in Melbourne at the moment, got a beautiful blue day, um, and, and life's in a really good place, I guess. I uh, actually managed to go for a bit of a swim last night, which is fantastic, loosened the back and the body up a little bit, so no, all in a very good place. Excellent. Well, Jerome, we've done an intro, and most people know in the space that you work, really like to know, what are the stats telling us about health and well-being in the trucking industry at the moment? Well, it's really interesting. Some great research has just come out from Monash, and, and then there's the work that's come out from Oz Health and a number of sort of ones. And what we're really seeing at the moment is, I guess, people are beginning to put a spotlight and understand some of the mental health issues and it, it, the problems in the, in the trucking space aren't just around the physical side. It's actually looking at more into the, the mental side, which, which is fantastic to sort of see at the moment. So I remember some work that was looked back in the past, back in 2016 by um, Dr. Taryn uh, Charma, and, and she really began, I think, pulling the Band-Aid on this topic. And she was sort of saying, look, her, her dad was a truck driver. And so she was really passionate to get into it. So she'd seen what he's gone through. Um, and she sort of picked up, I think it was looking around sort of one in 10 um, drivers are experiencing mental health. It could even go up to seven out of 10. So the numbers are still a little bit bad, but I think the good thing now is because is, is we're beginning to understand it and seeing where things are sitting, we can actually get a clearer idea how to sort of fix the problem as well. Yeah. So, Jerome, when, when you're discussing those numbers, it may sort of like provide a bit of a grim picture, really. But you're also indicating that there are some positive threads coming out of what's going on and what you're reading. Oh, without a doubt. And I guess the unique position I'm in is I, I coordinate and bring lots of different people together and I hear the narratives and the stories around what's sort of going on. And I think the, the moment you begin measuring something and you begin understanding the problem, you can begin addressing it. 
Um, and and the real powerful thing with this that we're seeing at the moment with um, programs like um, health and gear and healthy heads, trucks and sheds and these sort of things that are popping up is it, it's really humanising those statistics as well. Right. Because if, if you're not able to put a name or a, nor- a narrative or a story next to a number, it means nothing. Yeah. So as these narratives and the stories are coming out and the numbers are coming to the surface, how would you compare the trucking industry to, say, other industries out there? That's a really good question. Look, my, my background is agriculture. I love the land. I actually miss, miss it enormously, living in Melbourne and the city and that sort of stuff. And I think one of the, one of the awesome things a truck driver has is you've got changing scenery and, and you're out and about. And I think probably the only other sector really that it's comparable is agriculture. I know the truck drivers, it's even harder again because some of them are quite often they're away, they're um, under pressure, they're interacting in urban environments. If, if, and then like a lot of people believe and visualise trucking as, I guess, the big tolls and the linfox and, and, and they're a minority. The vast majority of small operators, uh, I think it's around 60, 65% operates in the state and the other 30 sort of goes interstate sort of thing. And, and a lot of people visualise trucking as these great big things and all this sort of stuff. But really, it's the little, it's all the little parts moving everything around that, that works together. And so in, in that sort of sense, I think trucking and transport is probably out on its own. and It's probably got greater sort of issues in that sort of sense as well. Right. Okay. If we were to compare, say, like the trucking industry to, say, another blue-collar male-dominated industry like building and construction, what would you identify as maybe a key difference? Well, I guess the one with construction, because it's interesting because that has quite a high suicide rate as well as truck drivers. And But the big difference is is in the construction sector, like you think about it, they're on site, they're moving around, they're interacting with other sort of people. They're not on their own. And I think they've got a lot more opportunity to, if they want, they have a lot more opportunity to really influence their life, their daily lives. Like if you want to exercise, if you want to eat well, whereas a, a truck driver is a bit more trapped. Yeah. If you're in a truck, you're beholden to where your route's taking you. Have you have you got something you can stop in and, and, and eat healthily? Um, and let's, let's put it this way. I get to see a, a drive-through that's designed nicely for a truck and dog to go through, let alone a road train. Um, and so you need the space that sets it up. But it also, if if the driver gets out, he's going to want to make sure the turnaround is nice and quick because time is money for them as well, which is another unfair pressure. Whereas a tradie on a construction site, basically they're based around their like – they sell it, they work, a lot of them have paid a fixed amount – or if they're an owner-builder, they're basically, they know what they're going to get. It's their budget to manage. Whereas a truckie has so many more variables. Putting it, and I must admit, like, they're quite often overlooked. And that's one of the other big problems. Like, even though these are the biggest things on the road, people don't see them. They don't understand them. And I know this, this course I delivered for the Amy Gillett Foundation, we actually ask, and it's with truck drivers around helping them to share the road safely with, with vulnerable road users. And, one of the things I ask the truck drivers as part of it is what percentage of the fleet are heavy vehicles? And you'll see estimates from the drivers, usually around 10 to 20. The largest was 80%. I'm like, so you're saying eight out of 10 vehicles is a truck? And their guy's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but the incredible thing is it's 4%. Only 4% of the nation's fleet are heavy vehicles. So it's a small number and it's overrepresented, unfortunately, in fatalities because the other part is, is people don't know how to interact with trucks and they make a mistake around trucks. And you don't see that with the construction sector either because people just see that and they, 
the barricade that protected as well. You're really leading to a really key area with the with regards to the industry around the word isolation. You feel like that the driver is out there on their own in a big way within the industry. Would that be a fair comment? Oh, without a doubt. And I know, like when the truckies are out there, they're also they have. I explained this the other day in a workshop I was doing and talking around the emotional intelligence of truck drivers because because you think about they're on their own in a cab they they. They're beholden to what's going on around them. And, and there's so much more than just a truck driver. They're a fleet manager. They're a coordinator. They're a loader. They're a mechanic. There are all these other sort of things that flow into there. And they're on their own while they do it all. And so you've got to hope that nothing goes wrong and they can do it. And then they've got to deal with these numbskulls who pull in around them because they have no, unfortunately, physics seems to go out the door with white vehicles. And they think that gap in front of them is there for them to pull in instead of the truck stopping. So they're in isolation. and, and all they can vent to is themselves. And that, that to me is, is one of those really hard parts is, is how do you, when you're in isolation, create that environment where, where, where you're happy and comfortable day on day. Basically, it's you, yourself and I. Jerome, like the picture that we're talking about, it's a pretty tough workplace for these guys. But what are some of the positive things that may be coming out of the industry that you found? I think the big things which are beginning to pop up, there's probably a couple of different angles on that. I think the moment businesses, corporates begin realizing that if they invest into mental health and they invest into the safety of um, their workers while they're out on the road, and this is the key term there is invest because you do that. You know, like I think it's for every dollar that goes into mental health, it's estimated it'll generate $2.80 down the line. So, but the hard part is there's no quick and easy fix. And I think people are beginning to understand if you begin putting that planning and out together, um, bringing different organizations together. None of this can, you can, like, even though the truck driver's on their own on the roads, it's not something they can deal with on their own. We need to know that we're all sharing the responsibility. I think that to me is a real big positive that we're seeing corporates and businesses beginning to ask, have we got, have we got the services specific to support truck drivers when they're out on their own? Are we seeing the, um, the truck networks sufficient in actually creating healthy foods for them as well? And, and look, I know it's very, very easy just to grab something nice and quick. Um, the brain will be lighting up with sugar or give me a fix for some something greasy. And it takes a physical effort to, to change those sort of habits as well. Yeah. No, look, I think you've summed it up really nicely there, Jerome. I think from uh, our time here checking in, if we can continue to promote, be out there as a voice for these guys, have someone that's got their back, I think it's a great place to start. Totally agreed. I think the, the other part is, is for some reason, males... We're not good at sharing our feelings. I know we say this and we talk and it's quite tokenism, but I think maybe that's beginning to change as well. We actually begin to go to some forums when you're hearing some sharing going on and look, um, coming from ag and from a large farm and all this sort of stuff, it, the term, come on, man up, even as a little kid, like you get hurt and you, limp, you walk it off and it's sort of bred into you and you don't talk about it. But I think that's beginning to change. And it's a difficult one as well for a business. Like if you're a large one or an EAP or you're going to those sort of stuff, is is the fear of sharing. Like if I share this, am I going to come undone? Will I lose my schedule? Will I lose my trip? And I think the best thing people can do is begin sharing and talking with each other and just having little plans on how can they how can they make their lives better. And I looking at um, the website, I just love some of those little hints in there, just saying, look, just do these little sort of steps. Jerome, in your space with research and data, just going back to that again, so what things are getting better? What things are, might be getting worse? 
over the years? So I guess looking at some of the data and some of the things which may have been sort of changing over time, look, overall, we're seeing a reduction in serious injuries and, and issues involving, I guess, all workers. Um, and I think and like it was actually quite high up to 10 years ago. We're now sort of seeing a steady decline in that. But, but that's the physical side. That's fatalities and serious injuries. Um, I think now we're talking more around that mental health, obesity, um, some of those more chronic things. Some of them are increasing over time now. So I guess uh, the lack of, I guess, the poor sort of health of people is beginning to catch up as you sort of get older because the sedimentary nature of sitting behind a, um, a truck, those sort of things, cardiovascular disease is now sort of number, number one top sort of things. And historically, like uh, road trauma was one of the highest ones. Um, and we see road trauma drop down in Plateau now. Now it's suicide and other sort of things which are overtaking it as well. Right. Yeah, I think you mentioned uh, maybe a little bit earlier in our chit-chat around technology having a big bearing on uh, what might have been a very uh, robust job. I think that's a, a really great point because everyone's glued to their mobile phones. doesn't matter. Like you go out and you're catching up with mates and you'll see them just sitting around tables all glued to their phones and things like this. I think one of the big things that can creep into is just how easy it is to watch Netflix, to watch a stand. When you're having the downtime, you're parking up, we're having a break. And I just remember we, we did a, a, a webinar in the past with Dr. Carmel Harrington, an absolutely amazing neuroscientist in sleep. And the point which really resonated with me is, is the point is, is the big thing you can do is just a bit of exercise, three things, eat healthy, sleep well, and a little bit of exercise. And exercise, it doesn't mean you're going to jump in and go do a marathon. Um, just getting out and going for a walk for 15, 20 minutes, just getting your heart rate up a little bit. And I think it's it's those sort of things, parking the technology, using yourself, to your brain to just have a relaxation moment. Are you having a tough day? Are things just not going your way? You don't need to be in crisis to seek support. By calling 1-800-IN-GEAR, truck drivers and their families can access support from Health in Gear. 1-800-IN-GEAR operates from 9am to 5pm, Monday to Friday, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Call today and have a chat to someone from Health in Gear. Or learn more at healthingear.com.au. That number to call is 1-800-464-327. That's 1-800-464-327 for truck drivers and their families to access support. So, Jerome, we've had a pretty tough year in 2020. What have you come across with regards to how COVID affected the transport industry? I think um, COVID-19 was, was a bit of a bastard of a year. And I think, like I'm, I said, Melbourne-based, it was hard. But I think it was way harder for the transport sector in particular because we talk about isolation. There's, especially if you're interstate or you're moving around, like you're on your own, like it's great for the tra- traffic, probably there's less traffic on the roads, so they can move quicker. But you think about it, you get to borders and things are changing, paperwork's not quite right. You've got to deal with the crap of trying to get, get goods across there. Um, then you've got those sort of pressures that go with it all. Um, the other part is, is isolating a supply chain so that the touch points or risks of, of contaminating. Um, and I know, look, once again, being West Aussie, and I can understand why they did what they did over in WA and, and the risk of ever got out of Perth um, into some of the regional and, and remote sort of communities. But like you imagine the pressure on a truck driver. If, if you're the person and you picked it up and you were doing drop-offs along the way and then you were the, the carrier of it and you've got that pressure sitting in the back of your mind. So 
I think, as always, they, they rose to the challenge and they were overlooked as probably one of the frontline workers that was making a difference during this tough period. Yep, that's right. But they still weren't at the forefront, were they? No. Of uh, government's minds and stuff. It was all of a sudden when some situations arose that were causing some problems, then they dealt with them. But it wasn't like they were at the forefront of, okay, let's get these guys sorted out because we need them going, you know, at the at their best. And, and I think they get often overlooked quite often because you think about any environmental disaster, like the floods, the fires, and, and I remember talking with um, Tip Top, the pride on their truck drivers getting bread through with, and they did it in conjunction with the coals. They got food through to these remote communities that were suffering burnt out. And why was that? Because they wanted to make sure these people, these Aussies were fed and they had Vegemite on toast for breakfast. <laughs> these, these are the people who so rising above and beyond. And I guess that's the magic of the transport sector. Yeah, that's nicely put, Jerome. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. We've sort of like talked about um, some issues, but if I was just ask you, Jerome, what would be the biggest issue that needs to be addressed in the industry? If you had your wish, your number one wish, what would that be? Well, number one wish, that's a, that's a pretty big I've been, I've been thinking about this as well because I knew it was coming. I was trying to, I keep coming down three or four different sort of items. And if I had like a, a number one wish, um, I, I guess for that one would be, look, it's maybe a little bit different, but number one wish would be, External to the driver would be if everyone could interact and respect and safely acknowledge truck drivers and how to interact with them. I think that would be a massive transformation. Like make their lives easier on on the road. They can get from A to B without getting pissed off and angry and sitting there honking or breaking and grinding their teeth. So there's that one. And then from inside the truck, a bit more of an internal sort of thought. Um, A massive one for the truck drivers might be just look, just thinking about what can you do to maybe make your life a little bit better and happier and easier? What what little step? And I think what would be, if you could do this for every truck driver and just say, if you can change a habit or make your life a little bit better, make yourself, because depression is treatable, all these things are, can be done, but it's just going to be a small, like might be a small step of, of changing your diet slightly, starting to do that little bit of walking. And I think number one thing would be if every truck driver could have a plan to how can I make my life better and, and use my opportunities from an internal point, that'd be that'd be a great one as well. Yeah, I think so too, Jerome. I I think if a driver was to, within that hectic schedule, was to allocate some time for himself, and possibly not feel the guilt, or or the pressure in, with regards, you know what I mean? Like the actual that it's all right to have that time, right? And totally agree that the schedule is not no one's yelling at them. Like that's their time. And I think that you can just have a plan. And you can use that moment. It might be as part of that with your plan, you're giving yourself some time, reducing, maybe reducing your sugary drinks, having some water, dead, doing little bits and pieces, and going for a walk, shutting down, uh, reading, reading a book as well, or audio books might help. Um, and look, uh, the other one is, is if you are feeling pain or issues while you're driving, um, if you have got... Um, medication, prescription drugs, things like that are not a long-term solution either. I think part of uh, what I'd like to see, Jerome, is that our sort of like our owner drivers were able to develop their own community, you know, like an organisation. It's almost like a badge of honour to be an owner driver. Let's go. You're from Victoria. What AFL team do you follow? <laughs> you want to disclose or not? No, I'm, I'm West Coast Eagles because I'm, I'm from Victoria, but... It's always a point of difference. Oh, yeah? 
Oh, of course. Okay. So, you know, like when you go follow the West Coast Eagles, you're you're in yellow and blue. you got the scarf. you got the, the jersey. And I just think if uh, something like that was to resonate out of all this work, that uh, they were they were part of their community and everyone recognised each other. I think that would uh, that would go a long way to help that in that area of isolation and connection. Totally agree. And I think that's that little step. Like if you can plan and do those little things, like you imagine if you're driving around, you have a group of guys you regularly meet up with, like like for your walking. So when you, you park up or you have you have the opportunity to do that and you can do that safely uh, and you go for your walk and you have your chat that sort of way. And like you said, the key thing is, is, is when you know someone um, and never assume is the other part. Like um, I've learned through some of this project work that I'm doing on, um, on this source road transport project at the moment. Never assume what's going through someone's head, even if they're a mate that you know well, because it's always good to ask and to check in because you, you might be quite surprised when you sit there and you do that. And one of the things that's come now is I'm regularly checking in with a mate back in WA because when I caught up when I was back there recently, um, I'd always assumed he was mentally strong and everything like oh, this was going. He was going through a horrible and just took a little question and just opened up. And now we're regularly catching up. And and I think if drivers can create that community with each other, it goes a long way in breaking isolation down. Yeah, fantastic. Jerome, look, you've given us some really great insight across the world that you live in and how it resonates in the transport industry. I think it'll really resonate with a lot of hopefully our listeners. And the thing I'd like to just ask you is what would be the best piece of advice you could leave our listeners with? Talk with your mates. I think establish and build them. Um, like you said, until you until you can share and talk about things, opening up, and it's hard. <laughs> like 98% of truck drivers, I believe, are men. We suck at it. <laughs> yeah, it's not one of our strengths, right? And the positive, the age of truck drivers has come down. So maybe the younger ones will get better at it or maybe they can help the older ones open up a bit more. But I think if we can sort of talk about it and share it and just take one step at a time and, and have that long-term plan. Yeah. Look, um, I'll just share, like, I know I've, I've reading up and understanding a lot of the damage and recovering from issues. Look, I broke my back um, three years ago. I've had many other sort of injuries, some other sort of components and, uh, bouncing back from that, it's just many, many steps each time. So I've had a lot of other ones, but a lot of it's all mental. And if you just live healthy, just exercise a little bit and talk to your mates. That's great advice. So I'd just like to say thank you very much for chatting with us and sharing your thoughts and uh, and your findings with our listeners today. From all of us, we really appreciate the work that you're doing behind the scenes to uh, make it a better industry. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks, mate. And I, I think truckies do an amazing job. Without them, Australia wouldn't be going. And, and look, I know when I drove a truck down south in Esperance and stuff, I think it's, it's an awesome job. So proud to be part of it all and help out. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure you subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts or hit follow on Spotify to be notified when the next episode becomes available. In the meantime, be sure to check out Health and Gear online at www.healthingear.com.au and follow us on Instagram at Health in Gear. Take care and keep the wheels rolling. <music>